Welcome to Bradley's Micro Board Review, where we try to make your board's review for microbiology a little less painful. But, I mean, we're not magicians or anything. This still sucks. Today we're going to talk about a weird organism that was first classified as a protozoan, but we now know it's a fungi. And this is the last of the fungi. It's Pneumocystis gervaisii. Most people all over the U.S. have encountered Pneumocystis gervaisii before the age of five, but it typically is completely cleared. Occasionally, one of these infections will become latent in a very low reproductive state within the lung, which is possible to reactivate later if the patient ever encounters an immunocompromising event. It is the number one cause of pneumonia in patients with AIDS. These patients are more at risk of contracting the disease, having a reactivation event, and for having a higher mortality due to this organism. Acute infection with this fungi will lead to pneumocystis pneumonia, or PCP. This will present as a gradual onset of despnea, low oxygen, tachypnea, non-productive cough, and fever. Chest radiography will show the ground glass appearance of interstitial pneumonia, particularly in the hilar region. This just looks like a wad of cotton candy in the lung. These immune infiltrations are predominantly composed of B cells. It is believed that the majority of acute pneumocystis pneumonia cases are cases of reactivations from a latent infection, but this is not always the case. If mortality occurs, it will be from fulminant respiratory failure. So this fungi is actually pretty weird. It was originally classified as a protozoan because there's this weird cyst form, but since it can't be cultured, we didn't know until later that it's actually a fungus. So this fungus is a dimorphic fungi that can exist as a free trophic form that looks a lot like a contact lens, or what is usually described as a cup. But it can also exist as a cyst with up to eight ovoid bodies, which are sometimes called trophozoites in the literature due to this early misidentification. So far, the only route of transmission identified is inhalation from person to person. Dissemination from the lungs is exceedingly rare, so it's safe to assume this is primarily a respiratory disease. To diagnose, there is an antigen test where you can test a patient's serum for the presence of 1,3-beta-D-glucan via ELISA, or is sometimes called BDG because physicians are incapable of saying an entire word and it must be an acronym. This molecule is part of the fungal capsule. You can also perform an alveolar lavage and flush the lungs with saline in order to acquire some of the fungal cells, but it can be really hard to grab them. Sometimes the only sign of infection is the discovery of a frothy, bubbly, proteinaceous fluid. It's important to remember that this organism cannot yet be cultured. However, you can always perform silver staining to look for the uninucleated sporocysts or cyst forms. Also, since disease nearly always occurs in patients with AIDS, you should definitely explore the patient's T-cell numbers and HIV status in case you need to start antiretrovirals to try to reconstitute the T-cell numbers. Treatment with TMP-SMX is pretty, pretty effective because it will disturb the folate metabolism of organisms, therefore working on both bacteria and fungi. 
It is recommended to be given prophylactically to any patient as soon as their T cells drop below 200 cells per microliter or the establishment of AIDS. Now let's take all that knowledge and bring it to the boards. A 50-year-old male presented to the office with fever, weight loss, and a productive cough for the last month. Vital signs reveal a temperature of 101 Fahrenheit, a blood pressure of 103 over 68, a pulse of 90 beats, and a respiratory rate of 14, and an oxygen saturation of 99% on room air. His husband says that his fever spikes in the evenings and has a reduced appetite and an unintended weight loss of 15 to 20 pounds. Past medical history is significant for current chemotherapy treatment for skin cancer. Physical examination revealed no evidence of respiratory distress and normal vesicular breathing with no added sounds on auscultation. Chest radiography revealed bilateral diffuse interstitial infiltrates. Laboratory studies reveal a normal complete blood count a negative purified protein derivative test, no growth on Sabaron's auger or blood auger, no organisms were found with acid fast staining, and the HIV test was negative. However, a positive serum 1,3-D-glucan test was obtained. What is the most likely diagnosis? Is it A, mycobacterium tuberculosis, B, no cardia species, C, streptococcus pneumoniae, D, influenza virus, or E, pneumocystis gervaisii. First, diagnose the patient. This patient is immunodeficient due to the chemotherapy and presenting with generalized symptoms that don't seem incredibly toxic or acute. However, when the chest was viewed on x-ray, diffuse infiltrates were discovered. This is not likely walking pneumonia caused by mycoplasma pneumoniae because those symptoms are even more mild than what this patient is presenting with. This patient most likely has chronic pneumonia. Patients with chronic pneumonia have symptoms lasting weeks to months. They will have abnormal chest radiographical findings and they will most likely have fever, chills, malaise, anorexia, weight loss, and a persistent cough. They might have sputum production, hemoptysis, chest pain, and dyspnea. Choice A, mycobacterium tuberculosis is the most common cause of chronic pneumonia worldwide. However, this patient has a negative purified protein derivative test, which is the specific antigen test. It might also have been seen on the acid fast staining. Choice B, nocardia species, are gram-positive bacteria that can cause pulmonary nocardiosis. However, this organism would grow on blood augers just really slowly, and it would also be visualized with the acid fast staining, although weakly. Choice C, streptococcus pneumoniae, would definitely grow on the blood auger, so the lack of growth on this media rules this out for this patient. Choice D, influenza is the most common cause of viral pneumonia, except coronavirus right this second, but I don't think that's going to make it on boards just yet. This will present as a more acute pneumonia with diffuse interstitial infiltrates. However, in this infection, the 1,3-D glucan test would not be positive in an influenza patient. 
choice E, Pneumocystis gervaisii, doesn't culture and is not acid fast. It does have 1,3-D glucan in its capsule, which will often be found in the serum of patients, like it was in this patient. Therefore, the correct answer is E, Pneumocystis gervaisii. You can find our study calendar, a guide on how to study microbiology specifically for the boards, our contact email address, and references used to make this episode at thebradleylab.wordpress.com. If you found an error or would like to discuss any of this information, please leave us a voice message in the show notes. If you appreciated this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend. This podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts, and it would be a big help for us if you could submit a review. This podcast was written and edited by me, Jillian Bradley. See you tomorrow.